Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Temagana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service. Mighty Club offering. On that note, let me welcome every one of you to this evening's Bible study. And I do so in the name of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, believing that he's here with us. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. And let us pray. Father God, we thank you for gathering of your children in your houses. We thank you for all the churches the Lord you've given to us, FCC as a ministry, and uh, the life of every brother or sister who has been following us in our services. Here we come again tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Praying the Lord tonight also, you give us your word, give us understanding, grant us to have humble spirits. Lord, that we might understand, see wonderful things out of your word. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we all be seated? Let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. And we shall read from verse 1 and end at verse 16. Genesis 24, verses 1 to 16. Genesis 24, verses 1 to 16. And this evening, we're going to, look, we're going to begin to look at some aspects of Marriage, marriage, to be precise, some things that go into choosing a wife or a husband, using Abraham and Isaac as examples in our study. We're looking at part one, part one this evening, and um, Sunday after the next, we'll look at part two, part one today, and part two in two weeks' time. And I've entitled this, I Will Go. 
the title of the study is I will go I will go I will go Genesis 24 beginning from verse 1 I will go now Abraham was old well advanced in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things so Abraham said to the older servant of his house who ruled over all that he had please put your hand under my thigh and I will make you swear by the Lord the God of heaven and the God of the earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell but you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac and the servant said to him perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land must I take your son back to the land from which you came but Abraham said to him beware that you do not take my son back there the Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family and who spoke to me and swore to me saying to your descendants I give this land he will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife for my son from there and if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under, under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, Please give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I'll also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened, before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Melchah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, 
came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young man was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let down, sorry, then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So it was, when the camels had finished drinking, that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing ten shekels of gold and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? So she said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young man ran and told the mother's household these things. Now, Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass, when he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of his sister Rebekah saying, Thus the man spoke to me, and he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. Then the man came to the house, and he unloaded the camels and provided straw and feed for the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Food was set before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat, and I have told about my errand. And he said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. Church, may God bless you greatly. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great. And he has given him flocks of heads, 
silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to her master when she was old. And to him he has given all that he has. Now, my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's house. You will be clear from this oath when you arrive among my family. For if they will not give her to you, then you will be released from, the, from my oath. And this day I came to the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you will now prosper the way in which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water. And it shall come to pass that when the virgin, come, when the virgin comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please give me a little water from your pitcher to drink. And she says to me, Drink and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. But before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with a pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down to the well and drew water. And I said to her, Please, let me drink. And she said, and, and she made haste, and let her pitcher down from her shoulder and said, Drink, now give your camels a drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels a drink also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nathan, sorry, Nahor's son, whom Milka bore to him. So I put a nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will, deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either good or bad. Sorry, either bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go. And let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass, when Abraham's servant heard their words, that he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold, clothing, and gave them to Rebekah, 
He also gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they rose, then they arose in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young man stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that, she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So they sent away Rebekah and her, Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Just say, Amen. This is a story that I think we all know very, very well. We have heard it several times. Uh, it is about Abraham uh, looking or choosing a wife for his son Isaac. And in this story, it's a long one, are many lessons that every one of us, whether married or yet to marry, need to pay careful attention. Uh, don't forget, marriage is a lifelong decision. Marriage is a lifelong covenant binding on both the man and the woman, and indeed, both families. Therefore, as we say during wedding ceremonies, it is not to be entered into lightly or carelessly, but carefully, diligently, and with reverent fear of the Lord. Uh, many are those who have found great blessings, very, very great blessings in their marriage lives. And may we all find our marriages highly blessed in this church. At the same time, there are some who have gotten their fingers bent. They've got themselves pierced and many are those who have died. Died. Not to mention those who, who find themselves in hell because of the marriage into which they entered. Because of the marriage, they find themselves in eternal damnation. Hell. And it's our prayer. I pray as a church, FCAC, that everyone who follows us, not only in our churches, but everyone on the face of the earth, and believes in the preachings, 
teachings, doctrines that we preach, will find peace, joy, and fulfillment in their marriages. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This evening, we're going to do what we call a biblical theology. Just a brief biblical theology of this story. We're going to scratch the surface. We are going to scratch the surface. And even though it is going to be a scratching of the surface, it is still very, very, very important. Uh, Sunday the 19th, I'll give you the part two. Today the part one. The part two is when we go uh, a bit more, a bit deeper looking at the, at the theology, the doctrines behind this story. So this evening we're going to do um, superficial um, study. On that Sunday, it's not going to be a Bible study, it's going to be a teaching. Therefore, I believe in, I'm believing God to give me wisdom to go into the theology of this story. It's how to do with marriage. Marriage. And when we take it verse by verse, verse by verse, verse 1 says, now, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Church, may God bless you all in all things. Now, it looked like Abraham had no need for anything again. He had no other need. He had lived life walking with God, walking before the Lord. The Lord had blessed him. Old age. He had Isaac when he was a hundred years old. When he gave birth to Isaac. Now Isaac had reached marriage age. So Abraham was old. He had camels, men servants, maid servants, silver, gold. He had no need of everything. He had nothing, he had, he had nothing, there was nothing that he was lacking. And um, most people will say that, okay, a life well lived. A life well lived. But there was one thing missing. One, one thing missing. And from our story today, you know, it's a Bible study, so we, we're going to study this scripture. And what was that one thing that was missing? He had everything. The Lord had blessed him in all things. The introductory verse said, the Lord had blessed him in age, had lived long, old, advanced in age, all things. So, what was, what, what in your opinion, who can tell me, the one thing that was left that Abraham lacked? I want to know whether as you read this story, you have that read the story, whether you actually, when you read Bible says, so as you read the Bible, I want to know how you understand it. Who can tell me one thing that Abraham lacked at this stage? Anybody? Don't worry if we get it wrong. It's Bible study. 
He looked at he had, he looked at he had, he had no need for anything again. But there's one thing that he lacked. Anybody? Anybody? From what I've read, yes. You just say it, and I will, I will echo it. A what? A what? Yes, a wife for his son. A wife for his son. All that we have read, all the, this long story, is about just one more thing left for Abraham before he died. That's a wife for his son. Beloved, that tells us that see, when do we get to such an age? There's a, an age when you can begin to think of your children. You have passed through that age. The Lord has supplied that need for you. Now your children are coming after you. They are coming after you. A time will come when you no longer think of yourself. You don't think of yourself anymore. Whether you have everything or not, you may still be poor, will still be in need of many things, but a time comes when you think you should think more of your children who are coming after you, whom the Lord has brought into the world through you, because you are on your way out of this world to be with the Lord. Now, they are on their way in. You have a you have gained a lot of experience. You're working with God. Your marriage life giving you experience, giving you exposure, giving you a chance to learn many things. Now, your children are also having to go through that same life that you have gone through. So it is now up to you to direct them, pray for them, counsel them, advise them, Keep your eyes on them so that it shall be well with them. And also, that if you have made any mistakes, they will not make the same mistakes. Again, you don't want to live and see your children suffering from the same mistakes that people make or you have made. You want to see them having surmounted, overcome the mistakes that you made. So a time comes for every parent to begin to pray for and worry or be anxious more for children for their blessing more than for our own blessings. Amen. We'll go into this more detail next time. I was saying, so, Abraham, so because of this, Abraham knowing this, when Bible says so, I mean, Abraham knew all this. So, Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had. You see, every sentence in this story is loaded. It's important. Why did Abraham choose the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had? He had a reason for doing so. He had many servants. He had many people in the house. In fact, when he went to defeat the four kings, he wanted 318 of his own servants. That was a long time ago. Probably now he had hundreds of servants. He chose the oldest, not only the oldest, but the one who ruled over all that he had. We'll go into this next time. 
Then he said, please put your hand under my thigh. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the earth, and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife, my son, from the daughter of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. This thing was so important to Abraham. Marriage. And who marries his son? Because he, all that he had only one son, Isaac. And all that he had was going to leave to Isaac, to his son. All he had around something years, all the things that he had acquired were going to bequeath them or lead them to his son. Besides, he wanted his son to have a happy marriage. He was living among the Canaanites. He saw their daughters. He saw the way they lived. He saw what was going on. And he was determined that his son Isaac must never marry any of the daughters of the Canaanites. Never. And therefore, anybody that is involved, anybody involved in this transaction must be somebody who is faithful. Not only faithful, but must also swear that that person will not compromise on this issue. There's no compromise on this issue. There's no way Abraham, for some reason, will let Isaac marry any of the Canaanite women, not only that, but also bequeath or leave all that he had, all his possessions, to a Canaanite woman. So whoever is involved in this transaction, this marriage covenant, must be sworn to be faithful. Therefore, he said, put your hand under my thigh. That was the custom in those days. I want you to put your hand on somebody's thigh and swear. That's it. If you go against that oath, you bring a curse on yourself. So Abraham, in doing this, was making sure that there'll be no room for error, no room for mistakes, and no room for compromise. We as a church, as a church, uh, we stand for this because we preach and teach the word of God. And this is the will of God for every one of us. This is the will of God for every one of us. Our parents, fathers and mothers, vary from their cultural background and cultural beliefs. Because of our parents' cultural backgrounds, beliefs, hometowns and families, uh, they have different standards. There are some parents who don't care who their children marry. As long as they are marrying, that is it. They don't care. But the word of God that we read really here tells us that God very much interested in whom we marry. And the church is there to ensure this. And that's why we as a church, we preach, we teach, we counsel, do marriage counseling, uh, we advise, and sometimes we say no. We say no to some things or their families. And some of you may not understand. But we stand our ground and we insist on what we believe in based on the word of God. Just say amen.
Now. And the servant said to him, verse 5, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. Beware that you do not take my son back there. Um, this servant is looking at various scenarios, various options. In case this happens, okay, um, you know, if it were today, it's okay. In case, you know, I don't get the husband that I want or the wife that I want, should I, should I compromise and take anybody who comes along? That's what the servant seems to say. Uh, yes, you have your standard. This is how you want it to be. But in case things don't go that way, we all have perfect, beautiful standards. In case things don't go that way, must I take your son back there? Must I just accept anybody who comes along? But Abraham is saying that, in other words, no, then let my son remain single. Can you believe that? Because he, Abraham says he will not let his son Isaac marry any other daughter of the Canaanites. And if the woman will not come follow the servant to where they are, then don't take my son there. That means that Isaac is not going to marry. That's what Abraham is saying. In other words, Abraham is saying that God forbid, then better my son remain single than for him to go there or for him to marry any of the Canaanite women. A very, very, you know, let's say risky, risky condition. Very, very risky. In other words, the conditions are so strict that it looks like they are, they are impossible to meet. The conditions that Abraham was setting for, for Isaac to get married are so strict, so serious, no room for compromise that it may look like, in fact, then Isaac may never get, get a wife. But then, Abraham says something. Verse 7 said, The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you. You shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. Do you hear me? Don't ever take my son back there. Praise the Lord. Abraham prayed. Yes, it looks impossible. But these days, these days, the days in which we live now, whether in the church, in your church, or in any other church, or even the world, finding a good wife, finding a perfect husband, a perfect wife, appears to be almost impossible. You agree with me? When you look around, you, are, you have come into contact with many girls before, young men and many young men before. You, are, you have met many young men before. You've met many young men before. It looks like it's almost impossible. But there are many who are perfect. There are many young men 
the young men who are perfect, if only you pray as a child of covenant, because you are, you see, if you are in a covenantal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you leave this matter in, your, in his hands, he knowing that the time I come for you to get married, he will prosper your way. May God prosper your way. Church, may God prosper your way. Clap your hands for Jesus. But everybody said that only whatever happens, do not compromise. Only do not take my son back there. No matter what happens, do not compromise. Don't give in to other things that, you know, God has not endorsed. Don't compromise. Verse 9. So the servant put his hand on the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this man. So he swore. And the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. But all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. He went to Abraham's original city, country. And he made his camel kneel down after the city by a well of water at evening time. When the time when women go out to draw water. A very, a very wise move. I'll tell you, you know, the Bible said, oh, he made his camels kneel down. It was evening time. Abraham didn't choose his servant by heart. <laughs> he knew who he was choosing. Older servant in his house, wise servant. If this man was faithful enough to be able to rule over all of Abraham's goods, possessions, he was a wise man. So, evening time, what did he do? When he, when he got to the city of now, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? The Bible study. What did he have just read? Yes, anybody? What did this servant do? Did he go to the, did he go to a nightclub to look for a girl? Hello? Did he go to a nightclub? Did he go to a market to look for a wife for Isaac? Did he go from house to house knocking on doors? Did he advertise on internet, Facebook, and you uh, uh, see some of you on Facebook? <laughs> Praise the Lord. See some of my daughters on Facebook and what Instagram and WhatsApp and uh, and uh, Twitter. But what did this man do? Tell me, what did he do? He, has, he reached a place where Abraham says you go. He didn't know Abraham's house. He reached the city. Where did he go? Looking for a wife for Abraham's son. Where did he go? And why? Tell me. Yes. I want to know how, I want to know about, whether you understand some of these things, I should read the Bible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. First of all, he had not prayed yet. He went to a place. Where did he go to? Yeah. Okay. He went to the well. That's very good. But he went to the well at a time when women come to draw water. I mean, you're looking for... for <laughs> 
for, for a woman, wife. Hello? Um, a wife for your master's son. So he went to the well at a time when women come to draw water. Smart move. So he positioned himself at the right place at the right time. Positioned himself at the right place at the right time. And then he made the camels kneel down and then he prayed. Smart move. Do you, do you agree it's a smart move? Yes. Yeah. It's a very wise move. Oh, hello. Hi. Do you agree it's a very wise move? Bible study. You see, when you read the Bible, as you said, don't just read it as a story, but look at everything that you read. You see, when you read the Bible, it's, it's, it is said that reading the Bible is God talking to you. And when you pray, it's you talking to God. When you read the Bible, God is talking to you. So when you fail to, to understand the meaning, the hidden meanings of what you are reading, then God is talking to you. I am not listening. Oh, sit down for a while. Let me say that again. Reading the Bible, each time you read the Bible, and may you all read the Bible. It is God talking to you. And that's what it is. But when you don't understand what God is saying, you don't see the meaning of what God is saying, and you are just reading and reading and reading, you reach chapter, we finish reading, then it means that God has spoken to you, but you have not understood. And then you come to the church and you pray and ask God for, to let his will know you. Meanwhile, God, God speaks to you every day through his word, but just that you lack understanding. And that's the purpose of Bible study or teaching services. So this man knowing his mission and how difficult it is, positioned himself at the right place at the right time. So, where you position yourself, depending on what you are looking for from God, it's important. I mean, if you believe in God for something from, for, believe in God for something and you, you are absent from church all the time, you are always in the, at the wrong place at the wrong time, yet you are believing for a, a, a gift from God very important gift. How can God give that gift to you? We'll go into more details next time. Praise the Lord. But are we studying something this evening? Then clap your hands for Jesus. What we're doing now is what we call biblical theology. We're looking at the meaning of the scripture that we are reading. Um, verse 12. Now he prayed. Then he said, Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Let me pause here. And then he said, Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success. Give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. He didn't say, Show me kindness. But what he, was, what he was going to do for his master is his master who has sent him on this errand. So whether God will give him success or not will depend on how God sees his master, not him. Not him. And that's very, very important. That prayer is very, very, very important. Very, 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 very good you are praying. 
For example, if in the same way, if you have to do something for somebody, you have to do something for somebody, you are a Christian, doing something for somebody. Now, whether God will give you success or not, concerning that thing that you are doing, will depend on how God sees the person for whom you are doing that thing. Let's say you're working for a company. You are a Christian. You work for a company. And the company says you do, some, to do something very, very important. Especially when some, that thing is a, is a game changer. That thing will change the fortunes of, the fortunes of that company. So listen to it carefully. Whether God will give you success or, or not will, will not depend on your work with God. You depend on how God sees the owners of the company. God, they are going to benefit. They are the beneficiaries of that thing that you are going to do for the company. Hello? Praise the Lord. So, you may pray for yourself that, Lord, give me success. But if God doesn't want to give success to your bosses, God will not give you that success to go and hand over to your bosses who spend it on their own pleasure. Then the next day, even sack you from the company. <laughs> next morning, they sack you. <laughs> Hello? So he said, show kindness to my master Abraham. Not me. My master Abraham. Make it joyful. Give him peace. Let this one thing that he left be given to him now. And that's the prayer that he prayed. And of course, God will hear such a prayer. Because God knew Abraham. God was, had a covenant agreement with Abraham. God knew Abraham. So, seven praying on behalf of Abraham, God will hear him. Not because of him, the servant, but because of Abraham. Just say, Amen. Where are we? Um... Verse 13. Behold, here I stand by the well of water. And the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. He again, he mentions it. He, was, he didn't just go there by chance. He carefully, thoughtfully, prayerfully went there. So he said, behold, he said, you know, he's telling God, behold, here I stand by the well of water. The daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now, let it be that the young man to whom I say, Please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I'll also give you I'll give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Praise the Lord. Eliezer, he said, he said, he said, he said that this servant is Eliezer. This servant is now asking for a sign. Lord, give me a sign. Show me the woman that you have chosen for Isaac. Give me a sign. And the sign that the servant was asking for is a rare sign. Very, very rare sign. <laughs> Hello? Uh, let it be that the woman, woman say, give me a drink. And who will say, Oh, drink. And I also fetch water for your camels. Let her be the one. 
and by which I will know that Lord, you are giving me success. This is the one that you have chosen. This servant was asking for uh, almost an impossibility. Today's world, I don't know whether you will get any young man to be like that. Because he, <laughs> except in SCAC, <laughs> I didn't hear your amen. This sermon, I'm, I'm, I'll say it again two weeks from now. It's asking for a woman, young woman, not, not pray, he didn't ask for beauty. He didn't ask for beauty. It's not beauty we're talking about here. Many of us, we look at beauty, we look at handsomeness. We look at wealth. He didn't say, oh, let the, he didn't say that, Lord, let the woman who come most well-dressed come from a very wealthy family. Very rich family, let her be the one. No. He didn't say, oh, let the most beautiful woman that no. Servant was asking for two things. Number one, kindness. Kindness. And two, energy. Industry. Which you don't find in many men, many young men, and many young men these days. Energy. And kindness. I'll go into this later in part two. But for a woman to say, oh, drink, it's enough to say, oh, it's okay to say, oh, give to a man drink. Yeah, one cup. But to say, besides, the servant came with many men. You are not the only one. So, and to be fetching water from the well, it's not like turning on the tap. It's not like turning on the tap. She had to go fetch, carry, bring. Usually these wells are in a valley. And I also fetch for, for your camels. It, I mean, most people say, I'll give you a drink, but to give animals a drink, to give animals, and 10 camels. Hello? Nathan, if you were you, would you think of <laughs> 10 camels? <laughs> okay, it's, it's easier to give the man a drink. But now to say, uh, you see, that's what the man was asking for. He said, the, it, let it be that the woman that you say, I'll give you, and I'll also give to your camels. Ten camels who are come from the desert, thirsty. And in fact, theologians estimate that the ten camels drank not less than 200 gallons of water. Do you know what a, you know what a gallon is? Kufa gallon? Theologians estimate. Now the ten gallons. That was when the camels are fully drinking. Each camel drinks about twenty gallons of water before it will full. Ten camels. We talk about two hundred gallons. Which of you young men here will fetch two hundred gallons for? Even for me. Let alone animals, <laughs> camels. And this is a sign that the man. Someone is asking for very, very rare quality in a woman. Very rare. And any woman who do this, there's nothing that this woman is not capable of. Nothing uh, that is good that this woman is not capable of doing. That woman will do anything good. If any woman can do this for animals, then for her husband, you can imagine. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. Praise the Lord. So, as you read this, if you're a woman or a man, then realize that, in fact, one requirement 
one requirement of suitability in marriage. You know, the other day, when we were doing the singles, uh, couples and singles, I mentioned that it is not that you are ready for marriage. That matters. It's whether you are suitable for marriage. There's a difference between readiness for marriage and suitability for marriage. There are many who are ready for marriage, but they are not suitable. They are not suitable. We want to talk about suitability. Ali, tonight we've learned that two qualities that, two qualities that you need are kindness, even to animals, and energy, industry. Ready to work, not lazy, not being lazy. Not, 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 not looking at what it is, but looking at the, the resource. 200 gallons, you look, you look at giving the camels a drink. You don't care about what it takes to give them a drink. 200 gallons, how can I have 200 gallons? I can't have 200 gallons. No, you just want to give them a drink. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Many years ago, when we were young, I had a friend. Uh, we both live in Nigeria, and this friend had a fiance. Fiance. You're not married. We're not Christians, so they lived, they lived together. And uh, well, we will visit this friend, and he flat with dirty. This fiance woman will not sweep the place. When you go to the bathroom, they are soaked, they are so clothed, they are not washed. All the buckets are full of soaked clothes. <laughs> so there are no more clothes to wear. <laughs> Everything is soaked in omo and water. And when we got there, the time that you know me, I felt I, I would take a broom and I would start sweeping. And when I get to where she is sitting, she will lift her legs for me to sweep under. She would say, I'll have to. No, I'll pray and I'll say, man. How can you marry such a woman? How can anyone marry such a woman? Even before they, before they were married, when they, she should be, should be giving a very good impression, then what will happen after they are married? Shall I say energy? And kindness. Put your hands together for Jesus. And parents, it is your responsibility that you impart it to your children. Children learn from us. What you teach them is what they will learn. What you impart is what they will receive. If you teach your children to be lazy, they will grow up to be lazy. If your children are always being waited upon, being served, they will grow up expecting to be waited upon and served. If we teach them to be kind and industrious, hardworking, then they will have that energy and they will have a happy marriage. In Jesus' name, church, say amen. We have to end here. Next, next time we meet, we'll continue. But Bible says, and it happened in verse 15. Before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother came out with a pitcher on her shoulder. Now, the young man was very beautiful to be. Now, see, about that, now the woman was also beautiful. Now, the young woman was also was very beautiful to behold. A virgin. No man had known her, and she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. The servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my Lord. Drink, my Lord. Hmm. Then she quickly laid her pitcher down to her hand and gave her a drink. And when she had finished giving her a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. 
Hello? Beloved, do you know that when it comes to human beings, I'll give you a secret today. When it comes to human beings, see, God made every one of us in his own image, in his own likeness. And God is beautiful. God is great. God is great. God is beautiful. So, everybody, everybody in, in, in whom God has put that image and likeness is beautiful and handsome. But it comes out more, that beauty is seen when the person now mirrors, that person mirrors some of the attributes of God. Especially when you bear the fruit of the spirit. Then the outward beauty or handsomeness also comes out. It comes out. In other words, any kind and hardworking woman is beautiful. Praise the Lord. And any woman who is wicked and lazy is ugly. That's what that, and I, I, believe, I, believe, I believe strongly in this. Any woman or man who is wicked and lazy is ugly. Wickedness, laziness goes with ugliness. But that same, that same person, that same person, if he now turns kind, industrious, hardworking, becomes beautiful and handsome. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll stop here. We'll stop here. Continue. Child will not allow us to finish. It's, it's, it's deep. In this story, like the entire Bible, if you read it with understanding, you don't just read it as a, as a story, but you read it with understanding. A lot of the Holy Ghost Every verse is deep. She said, I'll give you a drink, my Lord. She addresses this stranger as my Lord, Mura. Drink, Mura. Drink. And I'll give you a camels also until they are finished drinking. Ten camels. Until they are finished drinking. Not counting the cost. Not counting the tiredness. Not counting the time that it will take. She didn't say, oh, no. They sent me to and said, I have to go. Uh, I'm in a hurry to go. They, they need the water to cook their banquet. You know, they didn't say that. They are waiting for the water before my mother can have a bath. So I can't, sorry, I can't give you that. I, let somebody else do it for you. Somebody else will have said that. But time, effort, energy to, to give 10 camels a drink. She didn't consider anything. She just wanted to be kind and she was full of energy. Praise the Lord. Any comment? We don't have time to finish it all. But Sunday's week, we'll go into the theology. We'll go a bit more deeply into that. I wish that all the young men and, uh, young men and women and men were here. I know I need boy time with us. For this reason, we are streaming live. New Boy Times, we are testing with us. Michelle Camp is with us this evening. So that they all get to hear what 
the Lord has to say to us all tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Any comment? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, Eliezer, he, the servant, yes. he prayed to the God of Abraham, Abraham yes. because Abraham had sent him on an errand. Yes. So, conversely, if, uh, if he wanted something for himself and he had prayed in the, God of the, uh, in the name of the God of Abraham, for instance, I, I am praying to God for something and I go into prayer by saying, the God of Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, do this for me, do that for me. For you, not for me. No, not for you. Not uh, for then for God me. will look at you whether you qualify or not, not me. No, I may you. qualify for it, but God will look at you oh, okay. to see whether you qualify or not. <laughs> the fact that, <laughs> you know, it's like praying the name of Jesus. You know, we pray in the name of But um, if you, you, you don't abide in Jesus, he doesn't abide in you. Now, even though you pray in his name, you are only attaching his name to your prayer. You are only using him as a conduit. You are, you are being an... an uh, 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 you are, you are trying to take advantage of Jesus. But if you abide in him and he's in you, pray for yourself. He said, what, ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. So the fact that you, the fact that you know that when I pray, God hears me. And therefore, you pray for yourself on my behalf, you know, God may not, unless you yourself, you have a very, you know, very good standing with God. In which case, you don't have to say that it's my God. You have to say, oh, my Lord and my God. You, you can, by your, on your own merit, my Lord and my God, before whom I stand. You know me, your son. You know me. You can even mention some things. Please, help me do this for me. I pray in Jesus' name. And then God will do it for you. Amen. Any other question or contribution? Yes. Please, I, I want to ask some questions. Go ahead. I, I, I wanted to know that you uh, said something. You uh, said most of the people, uh, most of us are beautiful and handsome according to God's nature. Yes. So I wanted to know what about uh, some of the women who uh, are demon-possessed? Are they also beautiful? They are, not, they, are not, they, are not, they are not beautiful. If they are demon-possessed, they, they are controlled by demons. They can't be beautiful. They have a beauty, but their beauty will not come out. They are saying that wicked, anyone, not that women, anyone who is wicked, Anyone who is lazy, anyone that does not now, anyone who does not bear the fruits of the spirit, spiritually is ugly, and outwardly also is ugly. Um, but as we saw in Rebecca, when Rebecca came out, in her was kindness and energy. So the servant saw that oh, the young lady, the young man was also beautiful. Beautiful. Praise the Lord. Yes. Any, any of the mothers has anything to say? Mothers, fathers? Talking about, we're talking about you and your children. So that's the way, this is the way to go about um, Bible said, or when you read the Bible, the Bible 
look at the meaning of every verse. Look at the meaning of, and then relate it to yourself. And let the Holy Ghost give you understanding. Learn lessons from the scripture as you read. Um, remember that it's God talking to you. And God is saying some things to you in his word. If you were to hear the voice of God audibly, uh, some of you are so frightened, you can't do anything. So God, God speaks to you in his word. And uh, as God speaks to you, let him give you understanding. But if you fail to know the meanings of what you are reading, and like God is talking to you, and you don't hear, you're not hearing. You're not hearing. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, question again. The servant, wise man, older servant, who ruled over all of Abraham's possessions, when he, he got to the city of Nahor, he didn't go anywhere else, but he went to the well at evening time when women come out to draw water. He made his camels kneel down and he stood there and waited. 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 Now, he came on a quest. He came looking for something that was difficult to get. The only God can give that thing. Therefore, he positioned himself. Now, my advice is, like this servant, if we need something from God, and that thing, you know that only God can give you that thing that you want. Of course, you can find it outside, but what you find outside will be a, will fake. It will be wrong. In fact, it can be something that can be a torment. It can be a problem for you, but you want the genuine one that will bless you. And that comes only from God. The Bible says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights. Then, position yourself in the church. In the house of God. Where God is. Where God is. Position yourself where God is. It will not help you go round, 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 round on, on Facebook, on, uh, uh, on uh, what, YouTube. Looking for what you are looking on. Internet. Internet. It will, that will not help you. Even if what you are looking for is in, not in this church, God knowing that that thing is another church will bring you together. Look at how this, this Rebecca came from the very family that Abraham sent this servant. The very family. He said that was a big city. Rebecca was from the, the, just the, the, the very person that God has prepared for, for Isaac. And may God prepare your partner for you too. In the name of Jesus. Any question? Yeah. I, I have a question, but then okay, it's from last two weeks, uh, someone you preached on Sunday. I don't know if I'm allowed to ask. We can go ahead. It's a question from last two weeks, someone on, on a Sunday. So you said um, there are times, there are so many people whom sa uh, Satan is hindering. Yes. I mean, hindrances and stuff like that. Probably marriage or something. So I want to find out how can one be certain that he's being prepared by God for probably a ministry or something 
How can you be sure it is God, God training God. you for something or it is Satan hindering you? For ministry. instance, ministry. For instance, marriage. I only mention ministry as an example. Oh, we don't know whether it's from God or from the or from the devil. Exactly, because whether there are times you you pray about one thing and you don't hear anything from God. I know when you when you have peace in your heart, it mm. means I mean it okay, is God this, preparing this is a, you. This is a big subject, so we live for another time. Mm. In other words, you want to know how you now you are being led by God. That because um, um, sometimes he, you can be led by your own desires. You want to go to James. He said, uh, "Let no one say that I'm being tempted by God. God doesn't tempt anyone, but we are tempted when we are led by our own desires, desires, and when desire has become matured, it leads to sin and so on." So that you, because you want the thing, you ignore everything about it. <laughs> you can see there are a lot of things about that thing that is against the word of God, but you ignore them. And you just focus on them because you want it so badly. Somebody wants to go into ministry. Let's say ministry. The person says, well, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. Because he finds maybe he thinks being a pastor is glamorous. Or he wants a title of being called a pastor. He wants that that respect, that prestige. He thinks he's prestigious, so he wants to call a pastor. Um, so he wants to be a pastor. And there's nothing should have been called by God. Nothing. First of all, no anointing. If you are called by God, God anoints you. Secondly, uh, no equipment. God is not equipping him. Uh, he's not even being protected. No direction. There are five things that I mentioned. No direction, no protection, no equipping, no anointing. And yet, you want to be a pastor. You want to put in a clerical collar, you call pastor. That is his own desire. His own desire. Now I said that long, long ago, not DJs. We pray for pastors and deliver them. Demons, cut demons out of them. Cut demons out of pastors. Unbelievably. <laughs> and in the there are people. When we were in Bible school, we prayed for people in my class who are going to be pastors. Tell them to do the they, they manifested demonic presence. Who are going to be pastors? So, the signs are there, but because they want their thing, in the same way regarding marriage or a job, you have a job to sell alcohol because the salary is good, the money is good, benefit. You still want a job, you still have a job. You are selling alcohol. That's what we're talking about. So when, 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 when the con- everything fulfills the, 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 the word of God, you know, God is, God is God. You know, for example, in this church, when I had the pastor to minister, when I had the pastor to minister, if you know, they, they minister with even, the anointing of the minister is even higher than mine. When they stand here to minister, they minister with the same anointing, if not even higher. That's a sign that, you know, God is approving of, of the word that they are doing in his house. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's a big question, but I hope I've answered to some extent. Let's be on our feet. We are going to pray. We're going to pray thanking God for this meeting and for his word. We're going to thank him for his presence and uh, ask, thank him for the marriages 
that he has already given us in this church. We're going to pray that those who are coming, believing him for marriage in the future, present in the future, the Lord, the Lord himself will lead them, Lord will direct them to find partner that he himself has prepared and given to them. Beautiful, kind, hardworking, industrious, respectful, generous, God-fearing, prayerful partners in marriage. Let's begin to pray. Father God, we thank you for this meeting. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us tonight. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory we thank you so much. Father, we give you all the honor and we give you all the glory. The Lord, we the marriages into our hands, Lord,
pray for yourself. So right now you are going to make your own request known to God. Uh, it may not be for marriage. Uh, whatever it is, when you pray for yourself, pray for marriage for somebody you know who is suitable and ready for marriage. After you pray for yourself, say a word of prayer for somebody or some people you know in this church who are ready and suitable for marriage? Open your mouth, pray for yourself right now. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father God, we continue in prayer. We continue to cry out to you in prayer, O Lord. But Lord, you are God. You are God. You are God. You are the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are your children. We are your children. When we pray, Lord, we hear us. Lord, we pray, Lord, we hear us. Hear us tonight again. As our children pray for us, pray for those who are lacking in their lives. Many things are lacking in their lives. Hear them, we pray. Lord, hear them all. Holy Ghost, hear them all. Hear them all. Hear them all. Hear them all. We pray for them. Pray for us for those ready for marriage. As many as are living for marriage, Lord, we open that door for them to marry. We all, we Amen. Amen. 
say a big amen. 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 Let's take our seats. Clap your hands for Jesus. Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday.